If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Colleen, I've been thinking a lot about when kids are all working on different things at the same time. How do you do with that scenario where they're all at different levels, working on different things, and you're the one teacher and no one's in the same place? No one's in the same place. Okay, I'm not... I. Uh, I I'm... <laughs> Obviously not real comfortable with this idea, but I've certainly, I've certainly hmm. experienced when, um, and I actually really liked it, teaching writing and literature where kids were working um, at their own pace or working on it, something different because they're in a different place than their, um, than their peer, exactly. um, they're reading a different book than their peer. I, I would group kids and read different books, you know, um, you know, in different ways. And especially with writing assignments, kids are working in a different way at their own pace. And I, as a junior high writing teacher, I would have, I would workshop writing and they would meet with me and they couldn't move on to the next thing until, I gave them the go ahead to start moving, you know, towards something else. So kids were always in a different place. And I also taught, I don't know, I think you know this, but I also for a year taught a multi-age, um, seventh and eighth grade, uh, English class. So, um, you know, certainly people, I had a wide variety of, um, skills and abilities and, you know, people were in different places with reading levels and writing skills and all kinds of things. And so you do kind of have to get comfortable with that and figure that out in an English class. I think that, I think it's harder to do in some other classes, but I was able to figure it out and, and make it work so that kids could, could grow. Yeah. And I, okay, that's perfect because, um, and you know, and I think a lot of our listeners know that one of my areas of research interest has been multi-age classrooms, micro schools, little schools, one room schoolhouses, um, where kids are all working independently, but they're collectively in the same community Mm -hmm. of a classroom. And recently I was in a conversation with the Catholic, uh, micro school network in the archdiocese of Los Angeles and Colleen works with them too. But I was in a call with all the teachers of these three schools. And we were talking about how to frame a question that brings them all back together 
like an exit ticket when they were all as students working on different things yeah. at different levels. Yeah. Now, before before we dive into that, I want to just give a couple of images to people because this usually is an aha. So think about an art classroom. You don't assume that every student has the same artistic ability when they come into the art classroom, but all art teachers know how to put watercolor in front of everybody and accept the fact that they're not all going to produce the same quality of watercolor painting. That doesn't necessarily determine an A, B, and C because every artist has had different ability and different training up to that moment, whether they're in kindergarten or 12th grade. And the same is true for a PE class. You don't assume they all have the same knowledge of the game of basketball and then grade them on how well they play right. basketball. Like you don't do that. They're all working through drills and you're coaching them in different levels. And it's about a lot more than that. So when we're talking about an academic course where kids are working at different levels or in different units of study or whatever it might be, we were talking about well, how do you use an exit ticket? What kind of question would you put on an exit ticket that can give you a chance to get a glimpse into what they worked on that day, what they might need next from you without having it be like a quiz of the content of the day or you know, what not to do would be like to, to try to write an exit ticket that is content-based like, okay, in review, what are the three uh, branches of government... Jot it down. That's your exit slip before you walk out the door. Like you can't do a content-based exit slip to assess them formatively, but instead you need something more metacognitive, like a little bit broader, so that you get a glimpse into into them while they're exiting. Is it, what's coming to mind for you, Colleen? I'll give you some ide- ideas of what say, they shared. I can't with wait me. to hear some of these examples because I can. I again, like go back to my own classroom. I can figure out how to do that in my classroom, but I'm thinking about what does that look like in a math class? What does that look like in a science class? So I'm, I'm curious to hear how your conversation went and, and what the teachers came up with or, or what they are doing to make that work. Yeah. We talked about using and maybe just uh, making your list of potential exit ticket, um, you know, questions on the side, cause you can reuse these. So mm-hmm. you would say something like, um, Okay, on your exit slip today, everybody write down something that frustrated them in their learning today and gi- and give me enough so that I know how to help you tomorrow. Okay. So what was the what was the problem or what was the issue or the concept you were struggling with today? Um or you would say, what is something maybe what's a new vocabulary word you encountered today that you didn't know before but now you know you might want to try it in your own writing? Because regardless of where they are in their reading level, they would all be pushing their own vocabulary levels. I like that. Um, I like that. I like, I, I did, this is not what I expected. So, um, I like this. And like a question that comes into my head is what were you able to do today that you weren't able to do last week? So is this, this is where you're going with this. Yes, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Because you, they're sort of the universal questions. And yet the whole point of an exit slip is that you now have in your hand, the quick version of what was going on, because you probably didn't talk to every student in that time block, but you, you need to know where your instruction is for tomorrow. And so it's your moment now. And sometimes we just go too content-based. So every classroom could do this. Um, we, I'm trying to think of some from science. It could be, you know, which part of the phenomenon we looked at today. Maybe it's, you know, it, maybe you're making a diagram of the human eye. I'm thinking about like a fourth grade standard. Okay. Um, so what, which part of this is still confusing to you? Or... Um, 
you know, cause it could be something that they're all working on it, but you know, they're all at different levels. Um, it could be, you know, it could be that they were all doing group work. And so your question would be, um, what is one way your, you could learn bet you could learn better from your classmates or what is one way you, uh, what is something you taught a classmate today or how did mm. you assist someone else's learning today mm. or how, um, what is something you needed today that someone couldn't provide you? Cause then it could be like, Hey teacher, you never helped me uh. or, Whoa, I, I didn't know how to ask my classmates for help or, you know, um, or what materials, what, I don't know. It could be like, what materials do you wish you did you use today? Or which, um, which part of this project are you most worried about? Yeah. So asking the broader question allows you to still have insight. Kids need to be prompted though, because what, what you would do then the next day, what I love to do in, doing with some of these exit tickets is the next day I'd have them in my hand with my own little notes on them. And I might model some that were really insightful to me so that I could say, Hey, I just want to give you a shout out to Carlos over there because um, what he wrote on here helped me to understand what Carlos needs today. And I'll be like, Carlos, do you, do you mind if I read yours out loud? Because um, I know there's there's other kids in here not working on what you're working on, but let me let me read this out loud. And then, you know, everyone kind of knows that now Carlos and I are having this dialogue through these little notes he's going to pass to me each day as an exit ticket, which allows them to push themselves a little further when they write something down. Because some kids would be like, I'm fine. Right. All good. You know, like yep. they're going to try to be like, all good here. Don't want to chat with you through this exit ticket. Right. But they have to know that that's not going to help them get the, like to move forward tomorrow. So I think there's an opportunity to use something like an exit ticket without thinking about your content, but instead to think about the process of learning in front of you. Okay. So, so what you're talking about in this it's all coming together in my brain now because I've been working with the micro school network teachers on universal design for learning. And part of universal design is teaching kids that metacognitive approach to learning. So how are you responsible for your own learning? What goals have you set for yourself? Because your goals as a learner are different from the goals of the person next to you. And we might all be facing the same direction, but we're all trying to achieve something a little bit different because we're all in a little bit different place. And so that exit ticket is part of that metacognitive process of thinking about personal responsibility and what did you do today and what can you do differently tomorrow and what's working for you and what's not working for you. So that's all part of UDL. So yeah, this is great. Awesome. Thanks for elevating because I didn't understand where my, that uh -huh. little concept uh, connected <laughs> to UDL because you're the expert in UDL. So I appreciate you elevating uh, like, yes, exactly. That's yeah, what I was going yeah. for. That's why so you're having these conversations. Colleen. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Well, there's the bell. Thanks again for the energy boost as we love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts. Keep the suggestions coming in and tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers. We'll see you next time.